Welcome to the I Love Music Podcast. My name is Jen Fedor. I started the I Love Music Podcast to inspire people who love music, encourage people who work within the industry, and to hear each person's unique story. For this episode, I got to interview music supervisor Amanda Krieg Thomas. Amanda has been working in music for over a decade. Recently, she has been working on Pose and American Horror Story on FX, The Politician on Netflix, and so much more. She has released a new book called Thinking in Sync, a primer on the mind of a music supervisor. You can find it on Amazon, and if you want to find out more about what she's working on or where she may be speaking next, visit yayteaminc.com. This interview has so many good tips for artists and people who want to work in music supervision. Let's get into her interview. Well, Amanda, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks so much for having me, Jen. (laughs) So today is a pretty big day for you. It's your release day of your new book, Thinking in Sync. It is. (laughs) I finally, after many years and many interviews in which they were like, when's your book coming out? And I was like, Maybe a year, maybe six months. It's actually out now in the world for people to purchase and hopefully find helpful. That's awesome. So what, I mean, so what does it cover? It is basically, I, he, I you know, I've struggled over the title for many years because I hesitated to call it something about pitching because I've never worked on that side. Yeah. But it is basically a compilation of the questions that we supervisors get asked all the time. I've done, you know, I've been doing this for like, I think maybe 12 years now. I've sat on so many panels. I've organized panels. I've seen emails and come through from all sorts of people and you just you know you see people asking the same questions you see the same mistakes being made when we're all supervisors are having conversations over drinks the same things get brought up that are pet peeves yeah time and time over and over again and when it's so consistent and when you see people making these consistent you know very basic mistakes it's just like can let's just let's just write them all down and hopefully you know it will help you know there's never any guarantees on anything but it's just there are a lot of commonalities that people tend to to say and so that's sort of what I set out to do is is put all of those in one place you know to selfishly help me and hopefully help other people What are maybe just a couple of the common mistakes that, you know, you see repeated over and over again? Well, uh, some of the advice that some of the advice that gets repeated all the time is, you know, make sure any track you send has metadata, you know, has like ways to track you. Um, make sure you whatever you're sending music to a music supervisor you do your research on them and you do yeah. your research on their projects and right. you try and try and fit what you have to what they might be working on and honestly one of the mistakes that i see a lot is people just not knowing how to write a sentence so you know i I do see a lot i mean a lot of times i get emails all the time from people break brand new companies and artists just being like hi i want to send my music to you and you know i need a little bit more to go on in terms of what you know about the industry and not and you know i need you to you know demonstrate you know about clearing songs and master publishing and all of that stuff and Mm -hmm. and um demonstrate that you've done your research on me and my projects and 
and because you don't want the wrong like if if like you're kind of like working like on a maybe like a country western movie and someone sends you their edm whatever right they did not do their they research. did not do their research and you know i i'm the first to say it's you know it's really very hard to pinpoint exactly what people are working on yeah but sometimes it's like it, it the email dig shows that they've they haven't even done it or like yeah. or you know it, even even if they just say like hey i don't know if this fits what you're working on at the moment i, I don't think it does that shows that you at least looked up what I did and right. kind of thought about it. Um, and those people then, what what does get annoying is then a week later they'll follow up and say, did you get my email? What did you think? Did you listen? And it's like, that's the part that I just don't follow up, you know, because if I don't have any use for it, then I can't use it. You know, I, I can't use it totally. right now. I'll totally. save it. Yeah. Um, or people will, you know, people do tend to fall into the trap of, hey, I see you work on the Americans or I saw you worked on the Americans. Yeah. I have some dark music for you. Well, you've actually kind of hurt yourself because if you look up the Americans, you would see that we only used music released in the time period. Right. So it's, right. you know, I, I see yeah. that trap a lot. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, you, you looked up my credits, but you didn't actually look up any of the music that was used on a show. Right. Yeah. And it's all there for you on the <laughs> yeah. internet. How did you get into music supervision? Very accidentally. I, um, I moved to L.A. thinking I would be a like, writer-producer of screenplays and TV. That was sort of my background was theater. I got into writing in college. And I interned in L.A. before my senior year just to sort of try out the, like, film industry life because I knew nothing about it and was intrigued enough to just sort of pack up, pack up my car and move. Um, A lot of us do that. Yeah, right? That. Just pack up your car, <laughs> no true. job, no yeah. apartment, just, like, yeah. see where it goes. That's what you do. It's what you have to do. <laughs> it's what you have to do. And so I just sort of canvassed the town when I got here. The people I interned for at Lionsgate before, when I was in college, were really fortunate. They helped me get a temp job at Lionsgate. Okay. Um, just kind of floating around the company, sitting on desks, doing like filing checks one day and like calling people for references and that. It just all sorts of stuff. Right. And um, after a few months of that, a job opened up assisting the music attorney. Okay. And I kind of just at that point, you know, I didn't know anything about making movies at all. And I was just was like, oh, my God, I need to learn something. Like, I need to, like, yeah. gain knowledge in some area mm -hmm. and, um, you know, have a stable, more stable gig. And the music lawyer at Lionsgate at the time what they took a total chance on me. Like, 22-year-old, didn't know <laughs> yeah. anything. Yeah. And, um you know, I just kind of was like, I'm organized and I'm a fast learner. And he took a chance and he hired me. And I, that was my first job in LA, really. And um, then. I bet you got to look over a lot of contracts and just yes. kind of see how, like, like, you know, everything, you know, worked together. It was amazing. It was really um, the best possible way to start. So you got to oversee and just start looking at contracts to get your. What? Yeah, it was amazing. It was a really amazing time to be at Lionsgate. It was a three-person department in terms of business affairs. Wow. And um, we also had a publishing catalog. So I would I got to look at quote, learn what quote requests are and look at those composer contracts, music supervisor contracts. 
and um I really just absorbed everything like I didn't even think music was what I wanted to do but I was determined to learn as much as possible so I tried to read every contract and understand the terms I bought the Donald Passman all you need to know about the music business I highlighted it I took classes at UCLA I just you know really was like if I'm going to be here I'm going to learn as much as I possibly can and after a year of that I was sort of coming to the point of like I don't know if I you know really want to be a music lawyer or really do music licensing you know I I found it really interesting but it was sort of ready for like okay what's next yeah and I almost left music at the time and right around then was when uh, Tracy McKnight had started at Lionsgate um, in-house and she I was very fortunate uh, she approached approached me and was like you know I think you know you should be my assistant and I was like okay okay (laughs) and I thought looking for the next thing yeah I was like looking for the next thing (laughs) I I I actually almost went into film acquisitions at Lionsgate and I you know I vividly remember just weighing the options and sort of saying you know what do I do which which, what's the right path and um you know I'm a completionist by nature so I, I just kind of figured you know if I'm gonna leave this I'm, I've spent a year doing the music the, the yeah. legal part I want to at least get a sense of what the creative side is all about and so I said yeah yeah you know like I for sure I'm into this and that was really like what turned me on to music supervision and, and just getting to really getting to see both sides you know yeah it, I it's I love the fact that it's very left and right brain and I, you know, I remember starting for her, working for her, I was like, I'm going to be a producer, I'm going to be a producer. And then like two months in, I was like, no, wait, I don't want to be a producer. I want to be a music supervisor. And um, I think there's a lot of similarities in those roles, actually. And um, but yeah, I've kind of never looked back. And that was, you know, nine years ago, 10 years ago, maybe. What is the best part about your job? The best part I love getting to do a lot of different things. I think if I was only doing one thing, I would hate it. I love that, you know, some days I'm doing creative searches for scenes. Yeah. Some days those I get to do that with really recognizable songs. And some days it's I'm I'm digging for something new. How do you find that music? There are many, 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 many companies in the world who pitch their music, you know, sync sync licensing yeah. and supervision. Yeah. yeah. They they now know music supervision and they know how to find us. Yeah. So, and that yeah, that's everything from like m- labels, publishers to managers to like producers to sync agents to third-party pitching companies that like all they do is administer artists for yeah. film and television or you know, synchronization. And I am just like your email inbox must be. Oh my full. god, like it's every, so constant. Every yes. single day, <laughs> it's just like constant guilt of like, oh man, I can't get to this, and like, yeah. Um, and yeah, so I just I don't have to go very far. I go into my own. I feel like there's like music discovery in my own inbox because it's, you know, so many artists I've never heard of, and yeah. like I, you know, it's. There's just that's there's so much to just wade through and explore just that comes to me. So, yeah, so I go through a lot of that through what I get in email. How do you get your client and then like 
what what do you guys talk about before you start like on a project oh my goodness it's so it's so case by case which is yeah. you know kind of to your previous question like one of the things i love about it because you know i work you know clients come from all all places like a lot of times it's previous mostly previous relationships um you know a producer of this started on a new show or a producer wants you know something like that or something you know a lot of times you know people i've worked with in the past they you know again it's the same team like you know i'm very fortunate with the ryan murphy television camp yeah that you know they have there's constant shows and constant stuff yeah. going on um yeah like a director is doing a new movie or a producer is doing a new film and they pass along my name um but how that you know translates like in the day-to-day you know everything is so different and you know almost always it starts with the vision of the creator and they you know i've never had i've never been on something where people are literally like the creator or the producer literally like i don't know musically they have some idea of what they want yeah Mm -hmm. they they have a tone you know a tone they might be looking for or a couple songs that they're playing with and um you know i I really like when i get to work on a pilot because there's there's you're feeling things out but you know and the the right thing tends to feel right it's you know and and then um so in terms of how that manifests in the day-to-day sometimes it's like really pulling creative ideas for certain spots depending on the show it's doing like research on clearance and doing research on you know background stuff like today I was researching what music was popular during the French Revolution you know for example and then you know on some projects you have like on camera performances and then that'll fall under music supervision as well so um you know reading scripts you know, flagging anything that's on camera like yeah. that. And it ends up being a lot of, um, you know, for better and for worse, there's like a herding cats element to it. Um, and, and you're like information herding. So it's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you know, I'm you sure. might read a script and like I'm taking notes of like, okay, there's like maybe background stuff happening here, like background music here, here. This reads like a montage. Okay, like let me just like pin that for mm-hmm. now okay this person's quoting a line on camera do we want to keep that like how much is that song going to cost then you go into research and calling mode or then it's like you know maybe there's a dance on camera and then that's like a whole like litany of questions of like okay is it choreographed how long is it right do you know so you know sometimes writers will script songs a lot of the time and then sometimes they won't and you know or sometimes the scripted song they'll just say like oh that's just a placeholder we're looking for ideas so it's just you know it it ends up just being like a lot of different conversations all happening at once with different parts of a production like you know the production if it's something on camera it'll be like producers Mm -hmm. and production people and directors and then if it's post-production it'll be like editors and post-producer and so you can be talking to all these different departments on one project about like a single episode of television um and so often my days are a little bit of everything it's like what are you thinking creatively for this okay you need background jazz for this okay we need new ideas for this scene okay like you know clearing this you know 
what's that going to cost? How difficult are they? So it's it's always sort of a little bit of everything. Have you seen any like trends in like music that's like being more like synced right now? Or... I don't think so. Yeah. You know, I it's hard to say because you know. It, and maybe it'd be different if I worked on a lot of shows that use contemporary music, then I would maybe notice patterns yeah. like that. I definitely have worked on a, a, a big mix. So like I recently finished um, Proven Innocent on, which is on Fox and okay. that with uh, Janet Lopez, we co-music co-sup- supervised that one. And that was very contemporary. Um, but then on the other side, I just started working on season two of Pose, which is set in 1990 and um, a new Ryan Murphy show called Ratchet, um, which is set in 1948. Cool. So in those, um, yeah, so that's you're like, like, whole, that's I don't like even know, thing. like, yeah, yeah I'm like, like, I'm like, I'm just like researching even... <laughs> what was used in those yeah. time periods. Uh-huh. So it ends up being like, I don't even know what like a trend would be because no, yeah, because it's like you're like 1940s, like yeah, yeah, like. I spent even like what was charting in 1948. I have no idea. Um, So yeah, no, I haven't like noticed a lot of trends. Okay. I mean, I laugh. I had to laugh a couple years ago because I did do. I did have one period of time where I was working on two shows specifically set in 1986. Really? Or sorry, 1987. Okay. But they were wildly different sounds. So it's like I. Wow, you got like the whole spectrum of like 1987 with probably yes doing research and spent a lot of time looking at what albums were released yeah. billboard charts like you know digging deep you know what was the underground stuff and right. whatever and so i mean i do i would say like the a lot there are a lot of shows drawing on 80s music mm-hmm. um even claws which is very contemporary um it's a very stylized show and 80s jams really just work well you know yeah so whether it's there are a lot of period set shows happening but i do think that sound is like very very relevant and present right now lady sound uh you worked a little bit on some reality shows before you got into i did what was what was that like what was that process and like how does that compare and contrast to working on shows or movie you know like um like series yeah even more like herding cats yeah reality television um you know i oh i did do a very little bit so there i'm sure you know there are many people who are much more well versed in in how that world goes than i am um but the the shows i did work on uh which were the biggest loser and master chef were very score driven um and big difference there is that on scripted television shows composers are scoring to scenes and on those shows it was sort of like okay we need a batch of cues that are triumphant we need a batch of cues that Uh, are quote tasking where it's like stuff's happening but like not really going anywhere we have some that need to be like just like stuff's happening and then it gets happy and then some that stuff's happening and then it gets sad Mm -hmm. and so they're just like churning out a bunch of music that then go to the editors to just sort of like use at will basically and um like for the biggest loser there were like a handful of song moments per episode and so you know similarly you're not really 
trying songs to picture whereas in scripted film and scripted television a lot of the time you're you know you get a quick time you get an episode you can actually play songs up to a scene um whereas when i when i was doing those reality shows you're just giving them bins of music on certain themes and certain vibes and like the editors are really just driving that process and putting things together there's so much music like I used to do cue sheets for The Biggest Loser, and those would be 20 pages long. Wow. It was huge. Wow. Huge. And then yeah. the other show I did was completely different, but it was more of an anomaly. It was like a performance competition show. So that, my I was on set in Georgia for seven weeks and working with like dancers and wow. like yeah. magicians and <laughs> clowns. like. Yeah. It was a that was a completely like I think back on that as like a weird summer camp time in my career, <laughs> but that was obviously very different from being my job now, where it's like actually you know I go to set sometimes, but yeah. you know it's a very different set when you're like when <laughs> yeah, rehearsals when with in, people yeah, and, like, and like yeah, <laughs> my God, yeah. Do you go to set like if there's like a musical like number in the show Mm -hmm. or you do? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So for those, you know, I very much like I really, you know, I come since I come from theater, I actually really like when those things arise. Oh, yeah. Um, That would be so fun. That would be a lot of fun it's, to watch. It's pretty fun <laughs> when it's like, you know, sometimes I'm there for something as simple as like just it's a band playing in the background and I want to make sure it goes okay. Yeah. But, um, you know, the fun parts are when someone like an actor or a character is singing a song and then then I'm part of like the recording process all the way through to set, mostly making, you know, hiring the vocal producer, booking the studio, making sure everything goes on, getting all the materials right. to the actor. And then once everything's recorded, um, you know, of course, getting all the approvals needed from the producers for every step of the way. So um, do you hire songwriters then for a certain... Like, it depends on what it is. It yeah. depends on what it is. Sometimes, you know, a lot of times the composer will step in and want to do it um but then sometimes there'll be like an outside party if the composer sort of like this is outside of my wheelhouse or I don't have time which happens a lot um then I'll sort of work on like okay who are some options who could maybe deliver this track um I've done a lot of like covers and interpretations of things oh cool so like then it's finding an arranger or finding someone to like create that that like underlying track that we totally. go in to then record against and then yeah it's just like bringing that to production i always sort of say and i've heard other people say this which makes me feel like you know okay maybe it's true is the idea is that when once you when you've done a good job when you get to set and there's nothing for you to do oh yeah yeah so by that point hopefully everything's been recorded everybody has what they need sound is what they need the assistant directors have what they need you're just there to make sure it goes okay and you just like hang out and Mm -hmm. watch and like make sure that you know nobody everyone's yeah everybody's everyone's happy everyone has what they need nobody makes any bonehead moves which (laughs) happens sometimes on sets but um but yeah it's it's fun watching those things come to life it's very exciting that's cool what is one of your biggest challenges being a music supervisor um i would say honestly people understanding what we do what we really do um 
because that gets really hard. And, you know, I very much view a supervisor as kind of like a general contractor or a producer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I think, gets misinterpreted. Like, not people, the outside world looking in, and that sometimes includes producers, they're just like, well, that person's job is just to, like, pick songs, right? And that just shortchanges everything, everything the role that, yeah, can that, be and right. like and the clearance process you know like of course there's a creative component but like the clearance, the clearance process, process is, is hor- it's insanely complicated yeah. and yeah. and really truly an art in and of itself mm-hmm. um a lot of the time and um you know there are certain if there are certain parts of it for sure that can come off easy yeah but there's a lot of it that gets very complicated and like you know m- many different owners sensitive parties all that right. stuff and then you know the on camera stuff a lot of people don't realize that that's you know something like i'll work on a show with people for years and then an on camera will come up and they'll be like oh i didn't know i could call you for that and i'm like that's my job that's my job please like, let me help you yeah. let's figure this out oh my gosh totally so and and, and um so then that gets very um that gets that gets hard because when it, if you're if you're just thinking about it in terms of taste, yeah. a lot of people have great taste. Editors have great taste in music. Producers have great taste in music. Yeah. So when y- you know it, it gets to be, it can be a very um, like touchy subject because everybody thinks their taste is the best no matter what. Right. And yeah. then they look at me thinking that that's what I think too. And I definitely don't think that because I'm going into whatever the situation is being like, I'm here to serve the creative vision of the showrunner that I'm working with and the project that I'm working on. Yeah. And then when I go in and people have these preconceived notions of what I think my job is and what I think my taste in music is, I have I then I'm fighting against the current to say no I'm supportive of you I'm here to support you like if you think you have a great idea for this I want to support that idea you know we you know like I'm here to talk to you about budget I'm here to talk to you about the big picture but like I'm certainly not going to come in and try to be like well I think my taste in music and my ideas are better than yours because that's not the job at all no that isn't yeah and it's it's a huge challenge when that's like that you have to start from a place of like, I'm here to support you guys. I swear, like all of you, I'm just, I want to make the, you know, I'm just here to make the best show I can with all of you. And like, that's, you know, but it sucks to feel like you're coming from like almost like an apologetic or defensive place for that. Right. When all you want to do is sort of like make everybody's dreams come true as much as possible until you then you have to crush them when they want to use like an incredibly expensive song and you can't <laughs> yeah. but um right. yeah. but then it's then then it's like i'm just there to be solution oriented you know yeah. in those situations then it's mm-hmm. like let's fix this here are options how do we solve the problem um so yeah you know that that get that i think is probably one of the most challenging things is mis you know misperception or what have been some of your favorite projects to work on i you know, I loved that weird reality show I did in Georgia. That was really fun. <laughs> it was like summer camp for seven weeks. It was called Fake Off. People didn't really watch it, but that okay. was fine. It was okay. like theater summer camp. Um, and I've really loved, um, I love working on Claws on TNT. It's such a great show. Um, it's really 
it's because it's so stylized the challenge is always to be like okay what haven't we done in a while like let's like how do we just try something completely new and everybody's very game for that which is really fun um and there's a lot of music in the show and I've really loved working on um pose on fx okay yeah that's been a great you know like it's it's a great you know the music is great so that's really fun that's that's another one where it's like you know on the whole it's it's great working with the ryan murphy camp because mm-hmm. everybody is very passionate about music and it's which one that i love just being it, it challenges me to try and you know support you know to 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 rise to that level when I can and just be like you know Ryan has amazing taste um you know one of the executive producers Alexis Martin Woodall has incredible taste and it just like gets you excited to be like how can I how can I fill out this world how can I be a part of it and that that kind of goes across all those projects but Pose especially um which I just found find such like an incredible joyous show um there's so much television being made where it's incredible and cathartic and complex, but then like makes you leave, like you leave feeling like you got like emotionally raped by it. Yeah. Which is like, an aggressive <laughs> thing to say, but, um, yeah. and you're like, wow, like, like it's like breaking bad or the leftovers. You're like, Oh God, I feel so many things, but I don't know if I love feeling all these things. Right. Yeah. And, um, Pose is sort of like all of that great television, but that where you just leave feeling really joyous. And um, and it's also just like, you know, it's the biggest transgender cast on television mm-hmm. and behind the scenes too. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's really an honor to be able to like make those happen. And on that show, there have been many, like several very difficult clearances where it's sort of like, I just was like, this like grace jones needs to be in the show yeah it would like i passionately believe in this artist and this 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 like marriage of artist and project Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. like you know like what you know it it makes you 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 really want to rise to like making that world as authentic as possible for that time period for that group of people Mm -hmm. and um you know it's it's a real joy to sort of and it's fun to now we're going into season two, and so it's, it's so that's great. that's a spe- yeah. it's a, it's that's a special awesome. show. It's a yeah. special show, I think. That's so good. Um, so for artists out there that want to get their music synced on your shows and on other shows, do you have any tips? Do you have any advice? Read my book, <laughs> right? It's true. It's so true for all of it. Yeah, for all of it. Yeah. Um, what there are so many great tips. Um. But I think a big one is, uh, you know, I'll say, I'll just be saying like, be, be patient. Um, and it's, you know, it's hard. (laughs) It's really hard. Um, you're, it can be, yeah. You're, um, there, you're amongst so many. Um, I guess a big one is rather than reaching out to supervisors, try and find representation by a pitching company that is going to be that is going to get your music in the hands of people just way more effectively and like I respect that artists really want to be proactive with their own careers and they should be they should be educating themselves they should be you know doing everything they can but in terms of reaching out to music supervisors because we get so much music we 
have to like go through a foundation of trust and that's yeah. why like like I am like 10 times more likely to reach when I have a need for something to reach out to someone that I have a relationship with that I know right. that music's been vetted there's not going to be clearance issues if there's any confusion there's someone who I trust who can help solve it right um and you know at the end of the day also like I get emails from people like random people at the time I can reach out to like five pitching companies and get the same like diversity of music as like 20 artists or more yeah so yeah, it, when yeah, it's like yeah. you're managing time and efficiency like I guess that's probably my first bit of my like my the biggest piece is your time your re- your precious time that is not spent creating the art that you are creating which is very important you need to do that yes um should be spent researching pitching companies and you know, educating yourself on who the players are, what the different companies are, you know, understanding business affairs. But, you know, if you're like, oh, my God, there are so many shows and I can't track the supervisor and all that stuff, spend time researching what the different companies are, what the areas they seem to specialize in. Like, are they label? Do they have master in publishing? Are they just labels? Right. Are they publishing? Like, how what their deals are? And it's it's you know, that might seem like a hard task to do, but, um, you know, look at conference websites, look at IMDB soundtracks page, look at, I think sometimes TuneFind will even have it too, but all of those places you'll find, like panel, yeah, yeah, I love, like, I would say conference panels, like, you'll see people from all those companies talking at at places all the time, and there are countless events, and you can get names of companies, and then cross-reference it with this, and, you know, like, all sorts of stuff. There's ways to do it, but I think that that's re- you're spending your time researching who those people are who can pitch your music and they're who are well connected and know what they're doing and can take care of you and be a part of your team. That is a good way to spend your time. So I ask this to all my guests: Why do you love music? I, you know, I have to say I've always I, my entry point to music supervision was very much from the music and story perspective. I was like not a huge music nerd growing up. Like I always loved music, but it was like yeah. pop music and show tunes. Um, and I, what I love about music is how it, it is, it just transport, it transports you no matter what, where you are or what you're doing. And I love, I love how it does that in, in a storytelling sense and how it can both and sometimes like take you from point A to point B, especially if it's like a musical theater song and, um, you know, or, you know, in a montage can take you from point or it can just like add so much to a scene um, and really good songs or songs that I really love really make me like my stomach kind of gives a little leap, you know, and I feel sort of like, I feel a sense of catharsis. I feel a sense of like a deep, like in, like deep in my tummy sort of like like well of emotion. Right. And, um, you know, I love, I love when music can do that with picture and like add so much. Um, And yeah, I mean... Is that a good answer? That's a great answer. <laughs> I like that answer a lot. 
Do you have any other uh, encouraging words to people that work in the music industry? I'll say patience again. I'll say patience again. You know, I do. Yeah. I do um, get fairly regular emails from people who are interested in, in becoming a music supervisor. And I've like hired assistants or like, you know, whether to replace me or for me or interns over the years. And I, um, it, it's a long game. It is, it really is a long game. And I, I like telling people, I'm like, I was like working for people or like coordinating or I was basically working under people oftentimes in capacities that involve like answering phones and doing calendars yeah. and like scheduling meetings for like seven years basically um with different different people and um it just takes time you know supervision especially like yeah. it's it's a really uh deceptively easy job similar to like things that get frustrating about in terms of misconceptions yeah um but uh, i think a lot of people just sort of assume that like if you have a good taste in music and once you understand how to clear a song like in terms of the paperwork you're basically golden and you're a music supervisor um when really it's just all just so much more nuanced yeah and I've been really fortunate to sort of see how some really incredible music supervisors do their jobs and it just takes time and it's there you know it's a great time there's a lot of content happening but it's hard because of the mis misconceptions about the job and what it really entails it's tough to make a living yeah and so it just you know People just, if you really want it, you have to be be patient, be be willing to just keep going after it. Keep going after it. Be willing to take like I made so many lateral moves, like one after another. My parents were like, "What are you doing? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. why did you take this pay cut? And like, why did you do this?" And you know, I I was a, a fortunate. I was very fortunate in that it really worked out. Um, but who knows what's going to happen in like two years, you know, like it yeah. just like can change. And, yeah. but I, I really think that like, you know, pa patience, especially if you want to be a music supervisor an independent music supervisor, um, is really important. It's really important to always f be aware that you have to keep learning. Like you have, yeah. there's like, you're never, you've never learned, you know, I'm still learning every single day. And, um, just keeping that in the back of your head that it's just a long journey. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you have your own company now. I do. Yeah. I do. I do have my own company. And How, how's that been going? It's been going really great. I, I, you know, part of, I, I again, was super fortunate. I've worked for some incredible companies. I'll name them because they're that incredible. You know, Format Entertainment, Neophonic. Um, and, you know, through those relationships, through that experience and knowledge, um, special thanks to PJ Bloom. <laughs> I built some really great relationships with some really great clients. And um, after about three and a half years at Neophonic, I, you know, had the opportunity to sort of try it on my own and, you know, see and my clients came with me, which was really amazing. And I feel really grateful. And um, so the best part about my new company is that it's 
I'm working with all the same people who I love working with for the most part. That's great. Um, and That's so good. I miss the people I worked with at, you know, the company at right. Neophonic. Yeah. But because, um, you know, again, inc- also incredible music supervisors. Um, and but it just, you know, I've always been kind of entrepreneurial as maybe one could guess from the book <laughs> and the other things going on. And I've, you know, I've really, you know, I've been a few different places and I've been kind of independent before. And um, I really, honestly, you know, at this point, really enjoy that part of it. Like, I kind of enjoy the, like, building your business type stuff Uh and, um, you know, for better. And and so I uh, figured I'd, you know, give it give it a try and see how it goes. And it's great. The worst thing that happens is, you know, it just sort of like every everything, every decision, even though often I feel like it can feel like you've made the decision of your life. Every job, <laughs> yeah, every right. new job you right. accept or don't right. accept feels yeah. like you like this is the decision. Mm-hmm. But it's really all just like one step on a journey. Mm-hmm. So you know, in my mind, I was like, it felt like the right time to take this step. And yeah. if I need to take another step, then it, it or if like you know, I it you know, then it's just you take a new step. Yeah. And so, but I've been really happy. Like, everything's been really great. I, you know, a few different shows, a movie, you know, and, and it's, um, it's been going great. That's I love awesome. it. That's so good. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I feel very, feel very, very fortunate. And, um, yeah, just trying to keep it all going. Yeah. So good. <laughs> Anything else you want to add or say? Buy your new. You, you got everyone has to buy your new book. Buy my book. I mean, <laughs> it's nine ninety nine, so it's pretty bargain. You know, yeah, it's, totally. it's a bargain. It's good. Um, but yeah, no, I I really really hope it's helpful and um, it's yeah, you know, and now like at the very least, if even if every other music supervisor disagrees with the advice, which I don't think they will, but. You know how I like things done. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Pretty, you know, there's like, it. you know, I lay it yeah. all out there. <laughs> yeah. You know, totally. don't do this, like, mm-hmm. do this. But, um, but yeah, I, th- I think people will. I mean, I, I, you know, I buy my book and I really hope people find it helpful. And, um, you know, it's, it's it's a complicated world, film and television music. And there's a lot of great resources out there to, to to learn from and just you just make sure you know there's a lot to learn there is there's so much to <laughs> there's learn. so much to learn and hopefully <laughs> yeah this uh is a good entry into the pantheon <laughs> yes well thank you for being on the show today thank you for having me <laughs> so fun talking with you thanks again to amanda for being on the show and to the bang ups for the theme music this has been the i love music podcast with jen fedor